Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is I Have a Poetry Podcast, and this is Real Poetry, where we show you the pictures, poems, and popcorn. I am, I'll say it again, I am your host, Sharon Smith, with my two popcorn snazzers, Auntie Vice and Marvin. Say what up. What up? What up? And today, we're going to go over all the Grinch movies. From the 1966, 2000, How the Grinch Stole Christmas live adaptation to the latest 2000. I think it was 8, 16. Six. Was it 2016? 2016. Oh, 18. 18. 2018, The Grinch. Where all of them all perpetuate from a one book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss. This one here has made bankroll money since 1966 to 2018. This is going to be an interesting one. And I'm going to go over some of the some of the numbers that you were surprised about. So, so with the Grinch so with the 2000 added live adaptation as you may have known, the Grinch starred Jim Carrey and was basically directed by Ron Howard. And if you don't remember, it was produced, executive produced by Brian Gazer, who also did The Cat in the Hat. Surprise. That movie budgeted at $123 million. The box office walked up with $345 million. And think about this. 16 years later, they make a live they make a live cartoon computer-generated one that had the voice of um, Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch, and also had um, Pharrell Williams, um, Rashida Jones, and that movie whopped up from the, the budget of $75 million, and the box office was $511 million. I'm going to go into all the tales of the little things that happened in production, but I want to hear from my two, my two, per, my two popcorn snatchers. Let's get a little bit of interest about how the movie was by Auntie Vice. Go ahead. Um, so I'm a fan of the 66 version. It's what okay. I grew up watching. Um, they stay true to the story. The animation's good, well done. Like, and it's, it's close to Dr. Seuss animation. I like that one. Um, the um, two thousand, yeah, the two thousand one. Well, live adaptation, the Jim Carrey the, version. Yes, um, that was oh. the one with the like the minion chill. It's like the minion steal Santa Claus type of look. Wow, mm, no, that no, you're thinking of the Benedict Cumberbatch okay. because yeah, that was the. Because yeah. Minions was an, an, an illumination. Yeah, so this is an illumination. Yeah. yeah. Everything looks straight. It's like the Minions harass Dr. Seuss is the way this is done. <laughs> and um, it's it has to fit that production company's kind of storytelling standards, right? Where you have this you know, ragtag group that goes out, you know, kind of on an adventure and stuff. And it was middling at best it was not great and then then the the live one 
with Jim the Carrey. CGI. Yeah, the Jim Carrey one was horrific. <laughs> horrific. I'm telling you that the people involved in this film should be ashamed. And I say that as an enormous Christine Baranski fan. Like, I fucking adore her and everything she does except this. <laughs> um, I like every Christine Baranski movie except this one. Um this was horrible. The it was like it starts off and it has a very Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but done with the lighting of Donnie uh, Darko feel mm-hmm. to it. And then that Grinch mask the first time he sneaks into the the Whoville is fucking creepy. Like the Grinch comes off as somebody who would like commit commit crimes against humanity. Like he wants to fuck up the Who's and like. It's all, but everybody in there is awful. This is the first movie that I left thinking the Who's could suck it because they're assholes. Like yes. this was like it was dark, and then having sexualized Who's is just fucking creepy at the beginning of it. <laughs> like, oh, this was god awful. Um, there is nothing I liked about this film. <laughs> the live act that. The light adaptation. Jim, the Jim Carrey, Carrey one. one. Good yes. God. Yeah, yeah. But even the the other the other two. The animation one, uh, Illumination, yeah. sucked ass too. Stop fucking with the stories. Dr. Seuss does not need a romance. Dr. Seuss does not need an extra adventure. If you can't work with the time limit that the story the original story is told in, stop fucking with it. They're just not good. Marvin? I got a guru fancy vice here. Like, okay, before I like rewatched all of them, uh-huh. my initial idea or view of it was always going to be I love the 1966 version. Uh-huh. That's the one I remember the most. The Jim Carrey one I actually liked as a child. And then I never I didn't even watch the 2018 version. But then like after watching and reviewing it, 1966 version still holds true. Jim Carrey one the Jim Carrey live action. I gotta agree with Fonty Vice. It it, it kind of dims a lot of my views of it. <laughs> but surprisingly, the 2018 version, I gotta like be on the opposite one here, man. Like, I actually, and I'm gonna like say this outright right now. I hate Illumination as a production studio. Really, I despise them. I I do, can't stand them. I think they're a cash grabbing soulless sucking company in the same way that Disney is ever since despicable the first despicable me the moment they realized they caught on to something they ran with whatever it was like you can tell Pixar would like come up with something innovative Illumination would like grab it and just make something that would make the money look at the minions you can tell they make they will do whatever they can to cash grab out of it the minions movie cash grab out of it what is an hour and a half movie i'm perfectly fine with being a 20 minute short movie like with them trying to find like their main head honcho boss which is steve carell that movie of them like just finding like all their bosses and then eventually finding steve carell could have been condensed in 20 minutes and i would have loved it and i would have thought that was like the perfect short film essentially but that's how I see it. But then all of a sudden I watched this Grinch and oh my God, I actually liked it a lot. I felt like this kind of stayed true to the 1966 version. I'm sorry on TV. I, I thought it did well. Like I, 
I really did. There was no like cluttered romance. There was no unnecessary backstory. He was just a lonely guy who didn't like Christmas. His chaos wasn't just like outright to be an asshole. He was just someone who was lonely. And I could get, I can get that where he was just like, Mm -hmm. someone passed by me. I'm going to be a dick because I'm just a dick because I just don't want people to deal, to deal with people. And I get that. Mm -hmm. But the Jim Carrey one was so bad. It was just so oh bad. And I, I remember loving it, but it's just like watching it now as an, an adult, as a somewhat capable, fully formed person looking at it, it's like, man, this is bad. And then you add in some lame ass love interest and you tell Jim Carrey, just like you told Michael Myers to be full Michael Myers in the cat in the hat is really bad because, dude, you don't know wh- whether to be this should be a children's movie or an an adult movie because you're trying to be family friendly and then you input like some really crude ass adult humor and then they said bitch and snow at one point it's like dude the whole movie for at least an hour we did not have any curse words but then you say bitch and snow when jim carrey does some outlandish bullshit in the snow while he's skiing down it, it was just it was a mess it was a mess Hmm. Well, let's see. So, oh, I also want to add real quick. Go ahead. Tyler, the creator, singing You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Yes. Chef's Kiss. It was great. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good remake of the, of the original song. The, well, I, I also give that to that movie. Yes. Yeah, no, I also, I also say this right now because a lot of music artists don't make a theme song for a movie hmm. that fits for the music movie. They just insert whatever bullshit and then they call it the theme song for the movie i'm looking at um i'm looking at um <laughs> with venom venom yeah oh, God, it was so bad it was so bad but tyler the creator did really great with the theme song for the grinch like he kept he kept in line with the grinch theme he didn't make it anything else other than a theme for the grinch and it worked yeah yeah i feel so with all three movies it, i will say like this so the 1966 one, yes, is a good start off. It, you know, it is, um, it is Chuck Jones um, who directed and produced it. So it does have that Tom and Jerry um, early, um, early Looney Tunes style that is still prevalent. That was still prevalent. People still love today. Uh, if you notice that the Grinch, the Grinch who stole Christmas, the live adaptation, took um, pictures from that one to make it you know to make it what it is now they basically almost did the same they took pictures and made the same likeness like that one same with the third one which also took some some of the stuff and kind of took the 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 plot line of it and then just rolled just made little curves and stuff a little 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 switches but still kept the same information going through um yes um 2000 jim carrey Grinch one. It was a little bit um the actual the additional subplots and everything did give the movie a little bit more um a disturbing factor, but I can't I can't deny the fact that they they did go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was something that you know even even with even with today's um even with today's on family members on family and stuff. They may see this movie as a little bit offensive 
and a little bit too much for you know too too little hit on the nose with the sexual content or even some of the uh, the Grinchy ideas and stuff. But you know, even the whole the whole backstory with how the Grinch got in got kicked out of Whoville to go where he was at. But it did give a little bit more gravitas than what 1966 and also 2018 one, which did not. They just knew there's a there's a grumpy old guy up in the up in the um, Mount Grumpet, and he is pissed at Chris. But it did point out one thing about he's kind of like a the, vegan atheist hermit. Yes, yes, it did point out a lot about the commercialization of Christmas. Uh, if you ever noticed, also seen um, uh, Charlie Brown, uh, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. That also did the same thing about the commercialization of Christmas point out about all the presents and all the toys and everything that makes it, it almost shows what the bad side what Christmas should not be in video in movie form yeah I and actually wanted oh sorry sorry did okay. I interrupt no 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 I actually did want to mention Rev, like outside of the 1966 version which I I personally find a very pure version of Dr. Seuss and the Grinch it's very ironic for the Grinch, which I view as a very anti-commercialist, anti-consumerist IP that with the Jim Carrey live action and with the 2018 animated short, they are both heavily, heavily based on consumptionism. Because oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, even though they try to tell, say the message of it's all about being together on Christmas, they clearly, clearly during their time have marketed mar- marketed on being, hey, y'all, look at this. We have updated the Grinch. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, be, be, like they, they try to hide behind the veil of Christmas is not about the gifts. It's not about the consumerism, the capitalism, and all that shit. But when they, I recall, especially with the Jim Carrey one, oh, they've marketed the hell out of this mm-hmm. one. 2018 one, I don't recall it as much, but I do recall or remember at least that they, they, they did advertise it like heavily on Netflix for quite some time. And it's it's really upsetting in my opinion to see that also it's well it's like i said like you you see the grinch and uh, that whole message of it is christmas was never the gifts the gravios of the decorations and everything it's always been the act the togetherness of it and I feel like the 1966 version definitely did capture it in a very magical way because animation and a lot of things were still kind of new. And that's when, I mean, albeit animation in Hollywood was not what it was now. Right. So they kind of allowed people, the production companies that made animated films to do what they want to. And they were allowed to do what they could and still give the same message. When you look at this live action, when you look at the 2018 version, which I still like a lot, actually, <laughs> it doesn't hold the same way. It doesn't bring as true. I mean, like, look at the live action version. Like for Jim Carrey, he's a lot creepier when he's happy than when, than when he is mad and grumpy. 
when when his Grinch character is like, oh, I'm happy. I'm being included into the community. Oh, dude, that is like the smile of a serial killer. Oh, yeah. No, by the time he breaks into the house and runs into Cindy Lou, I'm like, is he going to take her back to his, his lair and like... <laughs> beat her it was fucking dark it oh, was yeah totally creepy totally. as fuck uh-huh yeah but i will say this about the 2018 version i think the reason i loved it a lot is benedict cumberbatch i did not realize that was him voice acting it oh really okay there's a lot of actors i feel like who voice act because the character was made specifically and tailored right. just for them this grinch character with benedict did not feel that way. I did not realize that was Benedict. Like I, Benedict is a really great actor, and I feel like now after watching this and realizing that was him is a really great voice actor. I feel like his voice is malleable enough to be in any animated film in the same way that Robin Williams is able to be in any animated film. His voice and the way he projects it can lend into any character. Yeah, think about that. I mean, it did. It did um, bring up. I, I am going to bring up about thoughts of the narrators. So, in the first one, um, narrator, I think it was done um, uh, by Boris. Uh, he basically he basically narrated, and also he did, uh, he also did sing the song of your mean one, Mister Grant, and stuff. Mm-hmm. The next in two thousand, it was narrated by Anthony Hopkins. So. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, well, and that adds to the creep factor. You got a Hannibal Lecter narrating this shit. I I mean, don't get me wrong. Anthony Hopkins (laughs) is a fucking gem. He's a fucking gem. He's a national treasure. He's a national goddamn treasure. He's fantastic. Don't don't get it twisted. It's Hannibal Lecter talking about the who's. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had his liver with a side of fava beans and a, what was it, Chianti? <laughs> Roast beast. Roast beast with a side of Chianti. Well, like, the, the the latest one, the 2018, was was narrated by Pharrell Williams. Oh, yeah, that, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to say that right now. Pharrell, keep voice acting. Keep narrating. That was fucking awesome. I mean, so it's a... It's a, it's interesting how the progression of them going. I mean, because technically Pharrell itself, he just basically he's you know Illumination has used him a lot because of the Despicable Me and how much money he's made for them with Happy and all the other the, the whole uh, soundtrack that he's made on that album and stuff. And it's it's gone on to all three, but also in the Minion stuff. But he's been he's he's a good well character that they use to do a lot of their work. Same with um same with um Jim Carrey. With um, Ron Howard and um, Brian Grazer. Who's been Stop working gay. together on these films, you two. They're horrible. <laughs> They're the worst. Ron Howard, you should be embarrassed by this. Why? Well, I, mean, I think I think the Jim Carrey live action is definitely a product of its time. Like I remember, I do recall. Well, I mean, okay, if you don't recall, like the early two thousands, definitely like to do like that very crude, in your face humor, and then yeah. they would do the like, the lame breaking the fourth wall thing which didn't make sense in the grand scheme of the narrative like for instance like when um the grinch looks at the screen is like well ain't that a kicker it's like you didn't do that for at least 40 minutes of the movie but then you're doing it now right it completely breaks the pacing of the movie 
Whereas, like, that, obviously the 1966 version doesn't do that other than the Grinch smiling evilly at the camera. The right. 2018 version didn't do that. Like, it, it, it stuck to it its guns. Yeah. yeah, it stuck to its guns of being a very cutesy animated film. Like, I'm not going to, like, knock Illumination for making a great and cutesy animated film. I've knocked it for being a cash grab. However, for this Grinch, I thought it did very well. I thought it like maintained the message of the Grinch very well. Like I got it. He was a lonely guy. He didn't want to open himself up to it until he was ready. That was a great message. There was no needless love interest. There was no needless plot lines. It was tidy and it worked well. But that's just me. I mean, I did, I did, I do um, understand that the the idea of the nineteen the nineteen sixty six version itself and how that. Per- they portrayed the dress as being the bad guy. He was always he was looked at as the bad guy. He was always, you know, the songs and stuff, they all portrayed him as a bad guy. And Dr. Seuss himself even used them in uh, extra um, other movies or other um, presentations when he basically conflicted with the cat in the hat and some other ish and some other stuff. Even has his own, he even has his own um, Halloween version of, of being a Grinchy. But in the, in the 2000 film, the movie itself didn't have a, you know, they basically took the Grinch and tried to, tried to give him more weight. They tried to put some more substance on the Grinch's um, whole existence. They didn't just want to just put in, okay, this is the Grinch, he's mad, and then just kept on going. They actually made the whole No, he's getting program. back at the people who caused childhood yes. trauma and continued to mock him and make him an outcast. Yes. Like, yeah, of course you're going to hate the fucking Who's. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, no, and I agree with that. Like, and of yeah. course. You would. But I will also say this for the end of the movie when he keeps trying to say like he's turned over a new leaf, the, like his last rub into the mirror is like, dude, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that. I have one moment. But and I also say at the same time, I admire their attempt to do that. But at the same time, I'm still going to give them shit because that was still a slain love story. Like you, you tell me to expect that you were in love with your great school crush and that you are going to do fuck you i don't even like love my middle school crush in the same way i do now and we <laughs> and every now and then we still say happy birthday and like check in on one another every now and then like fuck you no absolutely not that fuck you no but what? yeah like but i still maintain that like it's just this movie is No, it's just I want to still say it. Like, if you want to maintain human interaction right, like, write it on a level how you would view it. Like, the live action movie I will admire for making an attempt in the 2000s era of trying to sell shit. They tried. I get it. Yeah. But But they didn't do well. But I can give you this. This actually propelled jim carrey to do more movies where, where he came out with truman story and everything else i mean it might it might have looked like a bad thing but this wasn't necess- this is a necessity wait. for jim carrey wait 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 was truman story after this or before? yeah a couple years after mm-hmm. are you fucking serious yeah i this love made- the truman are- yeah you this can't made- show is great this made no him no a it's house- not i'm looking this up no no this no it's not him you're fucking with name. me you're absolutely fucking for me you're absolutely <laughs> fucking with me but the two, the the um Christmas Stole Christmas 2000 version. No, no, no. Truman Show was 1988 or 1998. No, you're wrong. You feel better? 
Oh better? God, yeah, I feel so much better right now. The world makes sense again. The world makes sense again. Oh, oh. You you have the same type of relieved look, like I'd imagine after you took a massive dump, and you're like, oh, that's so much better. I can breathe. No, 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 no. But he he did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind that's in 2004. It. See, that makes a lot more sense now. That makes a lot more sense because I I loved. That's when I loved Jim Carrey. That's that's when I loved Jim Carrey. So that makes a lot more sense. If you're to tell me that was like Truman Show. That would not have made sense to me. Okay, this makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> the world is right again. <laughs> but it did win an Academy Award, but for best makeup. It did it did win. It did was nominated for a Golden Globe. Um, um Jim Carrey was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor. Uh it was nom- it was nominated for a Best Costume Design in the Academy Award. It was nominated for Best Art Direction. Uh it won in the Kids Choice Awards. Uh, Jim Carrey won for best for <laughs> he won for um, favorite movie it, um, the movie did and then also won for favorite movie actor and best he won for MTV um, movie award for best villain. Really? I mean, I would say this right now. As much guff as I give the live action now these days, because I actually did really like it as a teenager mm-hmm. or preteen. The costume really did look good. Oh, it yeah. really did. It yeah. did. I mean, I st- like it looked creepy as hell, like in his grumpy version, and then it looked massively terrifying when he was happy and you try they try to make him look cute. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I absolutely yeah. agree with that because if I looked at the 2018 version, that's too adorable for me to like take seriously as a terrifying concept. The uh, 1960s version, I believe as well. So. If I had to compare to the 1960s version, like the live action really did capture it in the same way, really well. But it also gave, it also get, um, I would say that Jim Carrey kind of went on his little Robin Williams tangent where he started doing other characters. You know, he started mimicking other people like Ron Howard. He all started mimicking Eddie Murphy. Yeah. He started, mimicking, he, did, he did, he went on his little Robin Williams trip where Robin Williams yeah. did on the genie and they basically just make up new faces for him and stuff. He well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, so, you're right. Like with Robin Williams when Disney made it, like the genie, they had to rewrite multiple times, and like I, you can clearly tell R- Jim Carrey took influence from that. Mm. But the reason I said with Benedict Cumberbatch fit that mode well is like I, I personally believe the the true marking of a great voice actor is when you cannot tell that this voice actor is this individual because they can project their voice and fit that personality of that character very well in the same way that an actor is able to shed their own personal personality and fit that new character. Well, like Heath Ledger with the Joker was the Joker. He was no longer Heath Ledger. But if you were to tell me like someone like Will Smith was the genie, no, 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 no. The genie was Will Smith. Will Smith was not the genie. I personally, I personally believe Benedict Cumberbatch played a version of the Grinch very well. I don't think the Grinch was a version of Benedict Cumberbatch, if you get what I'm saying. Right, I do. But, <laughs> but don't you think I, I was more? I was more. I more enjoyed Jim Carrey's version because I mean, not because just because of the the the. the <laughs> the comicalness of it, but also the fact of his, he brought 
kind of a villainous. He he almost, he almost did the kind of villainous stuff that he did with the Riddler, but he brought it more. He brought it more service. I mean, the story itself needs you know needs some work, but honestly, Cumberbatch was only a voice, whereas Jim Carrey was an actual figure. He had to put the costume on. He basically had to do all the moves. He basically talked to the dog. He basically was like, hmm. But <laughs> he know, was he never not Jim Carrey. Yeah, no, see, okay. I, that's where I'm afraid I have to agree to disagree on that one. Like, okay. Yes, th- when he played the Riddler, he did well. Uh-huh. But I feel like there was, like, great – while the movie was bad, I feel like the direction was still at least to be the Riddler. I feel like with the Grinch, she was just told to be Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey was what he gave them. Because, uh-huh. I mean, he there were so many other uh, – um, so there is some backstory to this. During the production of the um, of the Grinch, of uh, the the two thousand version, so back in back before the death of um, Dr. Seuss in nineteen ninety one, Dr. Seuss refused to offer uh, refused to offer to sell the film rights of his book to um, Universal. It wasn't until it wasn't until his um, widow Audrey basically started. Um, selling off um, after his death, start selling off the, the merchandise and stuff, and they basically got it. They basically got a lit from Audrey herself in 1998, and with that, they basically put on it as saying that she would she will get paid five million for the material, but then get hand they will also get a handover of four percent of the box office gross, and then fifty percent of all the merchandise revenue that the the movie would make. And also put another 70, 70% of income from the book's tie-in. So basically, she was making bank money on this. This was basically yeah. her maker money. You know, basically, like you said, this is the cash cow for them to go with. And yeah. Universal itself took, you know, got the rights and basically went on and got, were able to get, you know, get Brian Gage on it. And then Brian Gage was able to get his partner, Ron Howard, to negotiate and actually go to the actual widow to say that, hey, here's the pitch, what I'm going to do for the movie, study the books. He said he became very interested in the character with um, Cindy Lou and basically try to bring more into her into her role. So, yeah, the backstory itself of why the Grinch, you know, the, the, the live action one was a little bit too, too much. They could have just left with the, the, the common story. But they wanted to make more. I think Ron Howard just wanted to make more. This just sounds. This comes across as a complete fan fiction. Yes. One like you go on the internet and you have those fan fics, and of course they have to add in a lot of sex and a lot of side drama. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. This is Ron Howard fan fiction of the Grinch. Yeah, I can see that. If you want yeah. better fan fiction, I have a very dirty story about uh, Santa Claus <laughs> on my blog. <laughs> I mean, okay. Look, here's the thing. I'm not, I can never blame Dr. Seuss's widow on this. Like, realities from a book in the age of the internet is a lot different from the realities of the film industry. Word. And, and <laughs> I like, looked at mine this week. Yeah, exactly. Like, when, if I have to compare the zeros and the commas with what I make from my written shit to what uh, Hollywood studios can offer me. That makes a big difference. And like as someone who's really big on intellectual like intellectual purity, I'm sure my tune will change if I saw 
six zeros in front of or a more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if if I just saw like not even six, like five zeros after a, like before a one, my tune will change. Not even five, four, four zeros before a one. Exactly. Like if they I'm, just send you a, a free Lexus, you're cool. Oh, dude, we talked about this in a previous episode. I'll suck a dick for like a thousand dollars a week. Are you kidding me? You, Red's I, expensive. I, I just... Red's expensive. <laughs> if 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 someone was willing to pay me a thousand dollars a week just for fifteen minutes of a blowjob, this. God, uh, <laughs> somebody gonna hit you up. I'm gonna be all like, no, oh, good gosh. Leave it on there. Leave it on there. <laughs> Marvin Don't needs to this. pay rent. I need to pay rent. <laughs> But <laughs> I didn't. But read no, that. no. Seriously, like no, no, no. But seriously, seriously, no. It'll be for a thousand dollars. He needs to pay rent. <laughs> no, no, no. You no. have to pay me four thousand dollars a fucking month, essentially. Oh, <laughs> but <laughs> no, but no. Okay, like in all seriousness, like if, like, if you had to compare the royalties and what you were paid, I get where she came from. I legitimately do like you like in this era in this day and age with how many mediums compete with mm-hmm. books. Oh, totally. And I don't blame her for that. And then I don't, I also don't blame her estate or Dr. Seuss estate from reneging on whatever deals afterwards because of how poorly they've handled mm-hmm. his IP. Like, absolutely. Yeah. But looking at it, I see where, it has led to and how it got to this point and why animation is the only true medium that captures that captures that whimsical nature of Dr. Seuss, because that's the only way you can do it because like the, the human emotion, the human body can only do so much with capturing that whimsy, that magic with it. And I'm sorry, capitalism, you fucked up on this really bad. <laughs> you really fucked up on this. Like, Prior to the film industry, like Dr. Seuss was doing great. You fucked it up. Well, that's well, it's even interesting how you point that out. She did object to a lot of several jokes and sexual innuendos during the screenplay. He says, including one about a family who did not have a Christmas tree or a present, and jokingly recalled the uh, Woosteins and the placement of stuffing a trophy of a cat in the hat in the Grinch's wall. So there was some stuff that some of the screenwriters did that even she kind of like, eh, I don't like that. That's no, you need, you need to change that. So See, it's interesting that you mentioned that because like, it's like, because like as someone in that family who has direct say of it and then looking at how they have been like pulling back certain IP works, like books that have like clear insulting connotations with certain communities mm-hmm. and like the public in general is like oh it's because the public is canceling it it's like no it's because the family of the creator realizes how damaging it can be to like a specific right. demographic they're willing to appe- not, not appease them because that's not the right word but willing to hear them out and go hey you're right i can see how damaging how hurtful that is like with one of the well, books and it was initiated by 
the estate and the publishing company. Right. It was not like the public all of a sudden discovered this and called it out. Exactly. Like it can't be cancel culture if it's you're deciding to censor yourself because you realize it's shitty. Yeah, no, exactly. Like as an Asian American, because they pulled out a book that had the slanted eye effect with like, uh, and as someone who's grown up during that era and still has to deal with it with people going, you have chinky slanted eyes. I actually do appreciate it when like a company goes, you know what? We get how that's a problem now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an issue back then, but we understand your plight. We see where the issue is and we're going to pull it. There may still be things out there in the wild that's still there because we've released it. But mm-hmm. moving forward, we're trying to atone for our sins. I appreciate that. I legitimately do because like I, as an Asian American, I've had to deal with that. And I love it when a company legitimately deals with it before the public deals with it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great move. And I mm-hmm. will stand by it. Even if my community doesn't, I will legitimately stand by that. Like that's a, that's a move forward. That's true. My opinion. This, um, so the fi- so the Grinch um the Grinch um 2018 was the final Dr. Seuss movie made. And this was during this was during this one was during the lifetime of Audrey Grizzle. And her and she served on that one as the executive producer of the film. But unfortunately, she died uh, five weeks and a half before the movie was released. So she finished the film, but was wasn't able to see the wasn't able to see the product on screen. Well, she saw the product on screenplay, but she didn't get to see the product out when it got put out to the was a release. So unfortunately, she died in 2018, but uh, September of uh, December. But she did they did um, get the movie out later on five weeks late five weeks later. But yeah, this is the final. The Grinch was actually the final movie of Dr. Seuss's films. So. Is that indefinitely or as as far as we know? Right now. So as far as we know, the, the, okay. the, the Grinch I, Illumination version was. The and I say, I, I honestly, I say this as someone who wants to continuously see how society progresses, see how art changes the narrative of how our cultural zeitgeist goes. It's really saddening to hear someone who has like such a profound and amazing effect on how one of the biggest cultural movement not cultural movements but cultural intellectual properties right in american culture has has died before seeing one of its late like the finalization of one of its latest portions it's really saddening to hear that like she didn't get to see what the final grinch 2018 version at least for all we know looked like and i would have really loved to hear whether this was true to her estate like dr seuss's the late dr seuss's vision or if it wasn't because things change periodically what he thought and as i say right now as an asian american what he thought with that slanted eye visual effect was probably okay with his era is not okay with mine and i would have loved to hear maybe not from his because he obviously he died but love to hear from his estate whether this was okay or not 
well, to, the, the state did go into, you know, taking those books out and stuff. So if, as we see, I mean, unfortunately, she may not be involved, but there was someone who basically is now the, taking care of the state and actually solved that as an issue. And they basically took those books down. Yeah. Um, one thing I did, I did find out one, one intriguing information that was popped up for the 2000 movie. There is a there is a song called Grinch 2000 that is basically. It was basically done by Buster Rhymes. And yes. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. So you under you know and you understand. I'm gonna like wind up finding the song and I'm gonna spend at least an hour like reviewing, understanding it, studying it, and then breaking to fuck you. Why would you do this to me? Because it has to be done, my friend. <laughs> I hate you right now. Like, a, like as a person who just death. like, de- like who has to deconstruct everything. <laughs> I hate you for this. You no, I death. I love you, but at the same time, <laughs> I hate you as someone who has to de- like, literally deconstruct everything. Why would you do this to me? Because I have to. I am the host. <laughs> I fucking hate you right now. Being that this is a poetry, po- this is a poetry podcast, and we are talking about poetry. And mostly, and majority, and we have read the, the Grinch's book about, uh, we have read the Grinch's book. Do you believe that from all three movies, if you put them all, <laughs> put them all into from perspective, how would you, how would you rate them going from one, from one to three? Um, one being the best, three being the be- being the lowest. I want y'all, starting with Auntie Vice, rate the Grinch movies. Go. Nineteen sixty six is number one. Uh, twenty eighteen is number two, and twenty twenty is a very 20, low three. Two thousand is a very low three. All right, now Marvin. I'm in the same boat. Nineteen sixty six. 2018, fuck the early 2000s. Like they, like I, I, Hollywood was trying to definitely capture something, but they didn't know their strengths yet. I would go like this. I would put 2018, 1966, and 2000. Why? Because I do enjoy the fact that they did add a little bit extra to the Grinch's story plot before ended it off even though they did add a little they did add a part about the kids trying to grab the grinch to try to fit this thing together with why he's doing what he's doing cindy lou trying to um actually trap the grinch or trap the trash santa claus to tell her that i i think that we should not have gifts and we should I, i want my mom to be um good because it's her mom has worked hard. Basically, made made it her mom Donna Who into a long story. We're gonna okay, do two. Okay, we're gonna do two ratings. Since the lowest one is two thousand, we are gonna rate that, and we're gonna rate two thousand eighteen because we already understand that two thousand six. I mean, nineteen sixty six. Y'all both enjoy it. It's not gonna. It makes no damn difference. The ones that have the adaptation are gonna be the ones that we're gonna rate. So we're gonna do snap judgment. And with Snap Judgment, we basically rate the movies that we review. Three snaps. This is the greatest. Christmas was basically born out of this. It is 
everything that everybody wants to see in a Christmas movie. Because if you notice, this was one of the second, this is the second highest paid um, Christmas movie bes- behind um, um, Home Alone. Go figure, huh? Fuck yeah, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> it's the best Christmas movie. Don't even give me that. <laughs> Second, it's not that bad, but it's not that good. One snap, this movie should go over the edge of Mount Krumpus and stay there in that little hole we call his Grinch-ass heart. We do in we do in quarter incre- quarter snap increments. Now we're going to do the first one is going to be for the 2018. So we're going to do two of them. So ha ha ha. Close our eyes. We will now give our vote for the 2018 The Grinch. One, two. Open up. Okay, we got here two point. We got two and a half, two and one from Auntie Vi. Oh, one and a half. She had a one and a quarter. No, she got one half. She didn't do a quarter. One half. We're gonna go from high to lowest. Why did I give it a? Why did I give it a two point five? I gave it two point five because one, I think the movie did have much character in this one than in the two thousand. It actually brought it actually brought back the Grinch feeling of nineteen sixty six, but upgraded it a little bit more. And I did enjoy that. Why, Marvin? Why'd you give it two snaps? I'm on the opposite direction of this. Sometimes less is more. I think. This movie captured the 1966 version in a very modern, updated version very well. Sometimes you do need, not only do you need the Grinch to be an asshole, but you also need to (laughs) see why people are trying to accept him. Just him being an asshole and coming back into society isn't enough. You need to see why they're willing to accept him. Just because he's saying he's willing to change doesn't mean enough if the whole doesn't accept him. And you see society as a whole being like okay we get it and we're beyond this measurement of society and we want to look at it at a very visceral level of you as an individual need us and we are willing to accept you and we're willing to provide you you with community and that's it there was no fat that needed to be trimmed there was no bullshit love interest to be that needed to be trimmed out of it it was there capitalism sucks consumerism sucks sometimes what really matters in, in christmas sometimes is togetherness and the 2018 version of the grinch captured that really well in my opinion auntie vice why do you give it one and a half i did not find this an entertaining movie this is not a movie i'd watch again but Having a nephew who likes the 2000 version <laughs> and every year for Christmas comes up and makes us watch it over and over and over. <laughs> Having this to substitute and say, hey, let's watch this again. I'll give it a one and a half just for saving me for more repetition <laughs> of 2000. Also, 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 I must say, Tyler, the creator, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, definitely adds on to the score. Oh, yes, it, that it, was it, a solid. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a good solid. I mean, and yeah, I mean, we're, what, what, what would you prefer from a theme song? Joe Pesci singing Wise Guys? <laughs> now, we're going to do the 2000 How the Grinch Stole Christmas rating. And one, two, three. What? I give it a 1.5. Barvin gives it a half snap. And Auntie Vice gives it a quarter. You know oh what? This is still better scoring than one. Exactly. That's the only reason it got a quarter wow. snap is it was not Mulan. It was not Mulan. It's so, consumerism was bad, but it was not Mulan bad consumerism. Okay, so okay, you thought that, you could get away Mulan, but you didn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real blunt with you. Uh, y'all two giving a half and a quarter using those two for, to their utmost proficiency is ridiculous. But why? <laughs> In the war, I mean, I from everything we talked about, I get it. It, it but Marvin, during the 2000, did it have an effect on? Because that's what I'm looking at. It did have an effect on me from the 1960s, before the 1960s version, when I saw in the 80s and stuff, and that was cool. But then this being Jim Carrey, being who he is. I gave it like, you know, this was something I was appreciative about. Seeing Jim Carrey play the Grinch, it, it made my day. And it made a lot of people's day for another 18, another 18 more years, as we can see with our device. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. And so, it is. It is. It was better than the Mulan, at least. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're right. And you're right. You're right. It, it, it holds a level of sentimental value for me when I was like, what, 10? Okay. <laughs> I think it, like it was 2000, right? Yeah, so, yeah, 2000. so I, was t- I was 10. But I say this as someone who just watched that 21 years later. Oh, God, I'm old. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I say this as someone who is 21 years later. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> Really? <laughs> it's okay. Asian don't raisin. Asian don't raisin. It's okay. See? <laughs> You're not old. You just feel it. Let me give you a hint. If you want to keep wrinkles away, what they do with cosmetic surgery is they pull the fat out of your ass and inject it into your face. I heard about that. You can it's do it with okay. much cheaper with much less income if you just eat pizza on a regular basis. I look pretty damn good for as old as I am and what I've been through. I'm also saying this right now. Again, I still stand by it. Asian don't raisin. I'm going to look young forever. Don't Until nobody, you don't. Until don't, you don't. Don't nobody tell me different. Don't nobody tell me different. No, no, no. You're going to be, you're going to look no, young, this young, is, this young, young, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're 95 year old dude in the park doing Tai Chi. Like that's. Wow. This conversation, that last part of the conversation didn't happen. <laughs> Asian wow. don't raisin. I'm going to look young forever. I'm going to be young forever. 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 Just Forever. start measuring your balls every year at starting true. at 35 and you'll you'll see. No, nope, you're not age. getting it. You're not getting it. Asian raisin. I'm gonna be young forever. I'm gonna be 29 forever. 29 forever, huh? I stopped aging at 29. Wow. But but no, you're right. Ten year old Marvin loved this. Eleven year old Marvin loved this. Thirty one year. <laughs> 
21 years later from 2000, Marvin is not okay with this. It's very overly consumerism, I feel like. It's very overly capitalism. Like, for a movie that's constantly trying to say it's not, there's small little hallmarks within this live action that says it is. Where they're like, hey, even after I stole all your presents, look at all these things I got for you. It's still trying to market that out. And you can clearly tell that it was like a product of the 2000s where they were still trying to say, hey, look at me. During the George Bush era, consumerism was still strong despite our wars. And then we wound up in a recession. (laughs) So here's a little trivia. Uh, Thrall uh, Ravencroft, who sang the song, you know what I mean, when Mr. Graham, he's the one. He is best known as the voice actor of Tony the Tiger of Frosted Flakes t- um, television commercials. Even this theme song was not great. What? Yeah. Of the Grinch 966? No, no, no. The, the one that did it. Oh, I thought you That meant was the same. The 2000, he, the 2000 no, theme no, song sucked no, ass. No, no, no. Yeah. This the, this is the one who's saying you're a mean one with the at the beginning of. The oh movie. yeah, that that's good, but yeah, no, the 2001 that theme song is like karaoke version of it. It's awful. Oh, yeah, no, I totally still hold it true to this fact. Like, Doctor Seuss primarily needs to be in an animated medium. Look at uh, its most recent animated properties. They did very well. But it's live actions with Doctor Seuss or um, Doctor Seuss's Cat in the Hat and right. the Grinch. Oh, they were terrible. Mm-hmm. And like they and like rightfully so. Like uh, their estate, Doctor Seuss's estate, immediately stopped it after the Alec, or not Alec Baldwin, the Michael My- Myers fiasco. Yes. Yeah. Well, and can you imagine being in a movie so bad <laughs> that an entire estate takes actions to prevent anything like you from being recreated? Okay, but that's Michael Myers. He's an SNL comedian. I I feel like there's with SNL. But I'm com- even talking about the the director and stuff. Is yes. you made a movie so bad that somebody said I'm going to make half a billion dollars off of this, and it's not worth it. Okay, yeah. you got to I see your point there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for the 2018 movie. We are giving it two, two point five, two and a half, one and a half. That is uh, four. No, four. Yeah, four. Four snaps out of nine. And for the two thousand, we are giving uh, one oh two and a quarter snaps for that movie. So as you can see, four, four and a half, and two and a quarter. Yeah. They were they weren't bad. They weren't that good. No, they were bad. <laughs> the two thousand era was bad. We're on all social media, but on Instagram, Marvin, don't tell them where you're. you're <laughs> Look, if any sugar daddies or cougars want to find me to pay me for my services, so I can like 
Oh. Pay rent in my bills. You can find me at Starvin Marvin 09. Hopefully there will be a SoundCloud coming up soon. I'm just Which saying, is the most appropriate here. one to follow that comment. <laughs> oh my god, we're no, terrible. It's, it's we're even terrible. worse because the, the singer of the first the first one was Tony Tiger, so he's going, they're great! <laughs> they're... <laughs> just, just oh like, the it's like, oh good grief. Oh my god. Yes, you can find me at Auntie Vice on most social media at levelers to a unicorn.com and at auntievice.com. You can find you can find um Iambic on Iambic Zine. That is I A M. No. That's right. Yeah, I am So who's high and drunk now? Hey. I have to be. I A M B I C Z I N E. Check us out. Go ahead. You wanted to say something? No, I, I, never mind. <laughs> she's re- she's <laughs> ready to give me shit. She's ready to give me shit. So no, we're good. <laughs> them Carrie did get paid twenty million dollars for that movie. See, look at that. He spent a whole year of filming. And he still got fucked up the ass. Why can't I get okay, fucked up done. the ass? Not fucked 20 up. Twenty mil. Ass. If someone gave me twenty mil, I'd be like. Fuck me. Fuck. <laughs> it wouldn't be that. You don't even have to go that high, hon. I, I, I have no, a feeling I'm just could saying be... that $20 million itself. What do you mean you got fucking that? I think he came out like a big dog. He, 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 remember, he wrote a check out. He said he wrote a check. And it said, I think, I think it was like, I think it was like a million or some dollars. Yeah. And he held on to that check until he was able to get a movie that paid him that check money. So I mean, twenty mil. I mean, that's a kuda. It was like a big old virtual hand slap. You got your own self <laughs> high five, man. What's up? And you would run Howard in them? Really? Anywho, thank you to Auntie Vice and Marvin for being here to do this Grinch. I know it's not Christmas, but it is. We got one more. <clears throat> One more movie we're gonna do for the um, the Dr. Seuss um, for the Dr. Seuss, and it will be. I got it. We got a choice here. So, guys, would you want to do Horton has a who, heard or who, or would you want to do the Lorax? Lorax. I'm cool for either one. So, Lorax it is. Then we're gonna do the Lorax. So, next one we're gonna do people is the Lorax. Check us out, come back, share, subscribe, and rate. But once again, thank you for being on the show. We will be back and we'll be doing the Lorax. Peace. Peace. Positivity. Get some popcorn. People, we're coming back into folk. We're coming back to the movies. Our opening. We're opening back up. So if you got a movie you want us to see, put it in the comments or put it on Instagram. <laughs> Take care, everybody. We out. Peace. Peace. <laughs>